What is truth? Seldom black and white, usually complex. The fifth column goes on the inside in search of it. Jeanette Walk is a well-known figure in Londonderry. The numerous projects she runs and books she's written are aimed at bringing Catholics and Protestants together through their common experience of suffering throughout the Troubles. She and her family, along with many other Protestants, were forced out of their homes on the west bank of the city in March 1972, in those emotional weeks after Bloody Sunday. For the past 40 years, Jeanette has brought energy and compassion to a city torn apart by violence. In the late 60s, when rioting in the streets began in the Bogside, she recalls it all as being quite exciting. We all went down the Bogside to see what was happening, and we went Protestant and Catholic, and we stood and we watched it all, and then that was a night's rioting over, and up we came again, back into your own houses, you know, and that was it, till the shooting started. And then the, the bombing got horrific, and then we were scared. And then the fear set on. And then there was this weariness creeping where you went round to the shop in Bishop Street and you were looking to see, you know, oh gosh, do they know I'm a Protestant? And you really felt scared and intimidated by some people then at that time. Because don't forget, there was new people moving all into the areas, you know, and you didn't know them. So the people all of a sudden that were your neighbours and friends from you were a child growing up in the area, suddenly there was these people that you didn't know. And I think that's where the fear crept in for the Protestant people. Then one night my husband was coming home from the night shift and he got caught up in Crossfire on Bishop Street and there was a man killed that night and we got scared. We really were scared. And then the kids also, when they were out playing, I wouldn't say they were beaten up, that's using very strong language, but I would say shoved and pushed and, and left crying, you know, and you Protestant and all this. And then Bloody Sunday came along and that was a, a terrible day where we were hemmed under your homes, couldn't get out. I was in the house on my own with the three kids. We went to the roofs up to the attic and we sat up there and listened to the shooting and it was cracking and cracking and everybody was terrified. So every door was shut. When you looked out the window, there was nobody about, only lines of army jeeps. And I think that was the scariest time for me, and not knowing what to tell the kids and to keep them calm. and It was just awful, you know. And then when my husband came home then, uh, the next morning, I had got a note on the door to get out, or else. And that night they were banging on the doors, so we barred. So we went down to the housing executive now and we told them that we think we should go. Within weeks, Jeanette and her husband were back, working with the Protestant community who'd stayed in the city. Now they were gathered together in an area called the Fountain. This small collection of streets is protected from the Catholic areas outside by high walls and fences. It's hard to believe a ghetto like this still exists in Western Europe. Back in the 1970s, there were still around 2,000 Protestants living there. But slowly, over the years, numbers have dwindled. Today, there are less than 400. Working through the height of the Troubles was the most fulfilling and challenging time of my life. And to me, talking about communities, we were supported so well by, at that time by the Catholic community from the surrounding area. Because don't forget, there was many people out there who didn't want the troubles. And remember at that time too, Protestant and Catholics communicating still together was frowned on. 
and you were called either a Fingan lover or orange, whatever. And it wasn't very nice, but I maintained my link with my Catholic friends and Mount Joy Street uh, because they were important to me, because they had seen me through hard times. And you never, ever forget true friends. She and her husband set up the Cathedral Youth Club in 1972, which still exists today in the heart of the fountain. It's a place for young people and families to go for recreation, for training and for a sense of community. Despite being fenced in, and despite the red and white blue curbstones and the flags and the loyalist slogans, she doesn't see the fountain as divisive. She feels it's an important symbol for the city that it still exists. And part of her work is to invite the rest of the city in. We do encourage young Catholics to come under the fountain. Our kids set up and hear their own tourist trail called Footsteps Through the Fountain. And in me, that was a way of opening up this community and, and encouraging visitors and other communities, no matter what colour or creed they are, to come in here and our kids show them around and it gives them a sense of pride as to this is our community and we really want to share it with you. So the tourist trail has been a huge success. Next year, I'm proud to say I'm taking them out to the Battle of the Soul and we're doing a study on the 16th Irish and the 36th Ulster, where the, the two fought together at the Soul, and nobody asked each other before they went over the top that horrific morning on the 1st of July, are you a Protestant, are you a Catholic? I mean, those men fought together, and they died. They died for the, uh, Britain, and they're hungry and they're thirsty, you know, to learn. And, and I feel that that, to be honest, is a way forward. Jeanette has set up workshops and discussion groups for both Catholics and Protestants, a place to meet and share the horror of losing loved ones in the violence of the Troubles. At first it took 18 months to get people to even sit in the same room. And it included the families of those killed in Bloody Sunday. That was a big step for me, because to be honest, I didn't really understand what happened on Bloody Sunday. I really wasn't interested because I was so hurt for ourselves and I was so hurt for the many people, uh, Protestant people who were murdered and for the many RUC widows who are walking the streets now and for their families and I was so hurt and caught up in that. But everybody's pain's the same and you know, maybe there's some people who don't want to move on and, and you have to understand that their pain is so great but as I was telling the families you know, with the workshops, you know, I never, ever, ever want you to forget your loved ones who were murdered. But, you know, it's about you now. It's, it's about the future that you have. And you have to keep up strong for your people who were murdered. Because if you don't, I mean, their death was in vain, really. And what about the people who still want to see violence on the streets? We still have the dozens out there who are still intent and carrying on their pathway of murder and destruction. And they're not doing anybody any favours, and they're certainly not fighting for this beautiful city of ours, and nobody in this city wants them. No, and I'd be very, very vocal in saying that. Nobody wants them. We don't want our city destroyed again. We don't want to see people getting murdered in the street, their cars burnt, their houses attacked. It's an absolute disgrace. And if they don't want to live in this city, they should go somewhere else. But the thing is, where would they go? For I'll tell you what, nobody wants them. And I'd be very strong in saying that. And I would have no fear in saying that. 
To hear more of our podcasts and to have your say, visit our website www.thefifthcolumn.co.uk.